This is the Financial Tech Podcast, show number 10, recorded on November 4th, 2011. I am your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live here from Omaha, Nebraska, and posted each week with world-class show notes at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can contact the show, podcast at TheAverageGuy.tv, or track me down on Twitter, just at Jay Collison. You can also find us on Facebook or iTunes by searching The Average Guy Podcast. And please, if you like the podcast, leave a comment out there for us so we know how we are doing. We've also set up all the links you'll ever need to automatically download the podcast to your iPhone, iPod, iPad, as well as any Android phone or tablet, just look in iTunes or at TheAverageGuy.tv for the RSS buttons. We actually have some really cool iTunes buttons. You just click on it and it automatically loads it to your iTunes player and then you never miss a show. I'm back again this week. Boy, Andrew, it's been six or seven weeks, I think, since yeah, we've done this. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Good to see you again and uh, glad you've uh, agreed. I think we've both been super, super busy and it's been tough to get a financial tech podcast out. But I did get a couple emails. Uh, some folks said, hey, dude, when are you doing another financial tech podcast? And here we are. We're doing it today. The people have spoken. <laughs> they, have, they have spoken indeed. What's, uh, what's been keeping you busy over the last six or seven weeks? Oh, man, the fall has just been super busy. With uh, We've been doing a lot of mortgage refinancing. Obviously, a lot of people are interested in the super low rates that are out there. And then, then you know, in my world, in the financial advising world, uh, it's been a wild couple of weeks in the stock market. You know, down big in September, up big in October. So it's just kind of one of those one of those uh, falls that uh, just consumes you with the day to day. Yeah, deal. yeah. Mortgage rates have been ridiculously low, right? Ridiculously low, yeah. like like unbelievably low, Jim. <laughs> yeah. yeah, stupid low. Right. A couple of years ago, we were saying there's no way it could go any lower. Well, it turns out uh, it, go- it went lower and it went a lot lower. I mean, there, we're talking about 30-year mortgages down in the four and a quarter range, uh, you know, 15 years down in three and a quarter range, uh, and, and sometimes even better than that, given on the hour. So it's, it's, it's been pretty wild out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, today um, we'll talk a little bit about some, and maybe circle back around to some topics that we've uh, we've talked about in the past. Uh, the other day, I want to do want to ask you. The other day, I was uh, I was out looking at my favorite site, which is uh, Mint.com, and it was down. Mint.com was Mint. down. Mint.com, which was which was pretty surprising to me. That's the first time I've yeah. ever come across that. I was going to check it on my phone, and then I got busy and got distracted and. Didn't get back to it for a couple more hours. But, uh, you know, uh, online sites like that, that's one of the big drawbacks to them, right? Is, uh, I know a lot of those places do whatever they can to keep their sites up, but certainly not everything is up necessarily all the time, and, uh, and Mint was down. Uh, you usually wait, and that those transactions come right back. Yeah. You know, one of the interesting things to that as well, so then I thought, well, I'll just log in over at my bank, right? So I logged into the bank website, and they had this note that said, we know that some transactions from today are not showing up. Huh. I thought, what the? What's going on with, you know, internet banking today? Technology. I know. <laughs> I know. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was a Darth Vader moment. Yeah. Was, no. So uh, anyways, um, what, what do you have for us today? Yeah, well, we've been talking about Min.com and, uh, you know, JustThrive.com and before that Wasabe.com, all of these online account aggregators and budgeting tools. Uh, Mint by far is the most popular one out there. And gosh, it seems like since we started talking about it about, you know, 24 months ago or so, I get more and more comments uh, in the lunchroom or wherever, people just saying, hey, I'm using Mint now, or I really like this tool that you guys have been talking about. And so I thought, man, I think it makes a lot of sense to come back to that topic because it is such a, a hot button out there. And I think we need to talk a little bit about 
why it's such a useful resource outside of the budgeting uh, more well more philosophically I think uh, and this sure. is something I spent a sure. lot of time thinking about and spent a lot of time uh, talking with our members and, and and the world about is kind of the philosophy behind uh, budgeting and, and and here's why it kind of hit me I was my wife and I um, recently embarked on setting up a new budget for our household. We've had a lot of life changes recently. You know, got a dog. Oh, uh, yeah. congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> 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 big deal. But uh, so we said, man, we need to revamp our budget and uh, see what's going on. So I started digging in, and this is kind of embarrassing actually because you'd think a financial expert, quote unquote, uh, would be digging into their budget all the time. But uh, I'm just like everybody else, you know, fall off the bandwagon on occasion. So anyway, so I started digging into my bank statement and uh, categorizing it. I did what I call, uh, you know, uh, kind of a financial self audit on myself. And I started to see um, where we're spending most of our money at. And in our case, it's uh, going out to eat. Mm. Uh, if, you, if you guys are familiar with Omaha, we happen to have one of the finest per capita. <laughs> More restaurants <laughs> per capita yes. here in Omaha than any other city in the nation. Yeah, we are not for wanting in, in, the, in the restaurant no. area. And there's some really stinking good ones. So Liz and I hit that up pretty often. And um, so what I started to find was, man, a major part of our budget is eating out. I started to think, you know, hey, if somebody picked up my bank statement, some complete stranger, and were to look at this, what would they think about my values? Does my bank statement really reflect what I value or sure. what I think I value? And and really, what is money then? In my opinion, where we spend money is a direct reflection of what we value. And so I was kind of, well, I was kind of convicted. <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. Not only was I spending way more money than I wanted to at restaurants, I was also, um, you know, kind of feeling like, man, my values might be a little out of whack. And so I started to, uh, I started to, to, to think more critically about this, and I started to think about budgeting as a whole. And so I said, you know, what are the most important parts of a budget, right? What are your if you order your budget by needs, you know, the first thing would be shelter, right? The next thing would be food, maybe transportation. If you live in Omaha, you have to drive a lot. Um, or if you live in L.A., you got to, you know, take a cab or whatever right. or, or New York Metro, whatever. Anyways, so transportation and then maybe clothing. You know, you get these major you know, necessities right. out of the way. And then from there, it kind of fills into your wants, needs, and desires. And what, those are what I would label values, right? The things that you care about spending money on. And I tell a lot of the, the people that I coach that, you know, I can tell you what your first value should be. And that should be saving. Right. <laughs> saving should be right. a major value for you after right. your hierarchy is, is completed. And so, you know, maybe you've got a saving line on your budget or, or maybe like for me right now doing DIY home renovation stuff is important. Or maybe for you it would be computers and technology. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's a really important value thing and, and that would come in on your budget. Whatever it is, everybody's going to be different. Everybody's going to have some some values that they need to assign, and so so what I decided is I want to start thinking about my budget less as um, a roadmap uh, or or rules, if you will, and more like a tool, a tool to allow me to spend lavishly on the things I care about, the values that I care about. Maybe that's DIY or technology, and cut mercilessly on the things I don't care about. For example. Uh, I don't really care about having a gym membership. Mm. Why? Because we've got a gym here at work or uh, you know, I like to run or I like to work out at home. So I don't really need to spend 100 bucks a month on a really fancy gym membership uh, up at the local uh, 
pump and run, right. you know? Sure. So, so sure. that's something that if I was spending money on, I could just cut mercilessly. For somebody else, that could be a major value for them. Right. And they love having all the classes and things like that that comes with a gym membership. And so what I tell people is, is you have to have values, but everything can't be your values. Right, <laughs> right. Because I think the temptation is to say, well, all these things are super important to me. And that just can't be the case because sure. we're dealing with finite resources. So back to Mint.com. Right. One of the beautiful things about Mint.com is that it really allows you to, uh, to perform that self-audit beautifully. Um, I don't know if you've, any of our listeners have used Mint, but I know you have, Jim. And uh, it's really pretty cool. If you go to Starbucks, it automatically classifies that okay. Starbucks transaction as a copy transaction. Uh, or if you go to some other name brand places, it'll, it'll say, hey, this was an XYZ transaction. And pretty quickly, you can start to assign, hey, this is where I'm spending money here. This is where I'm spending money there. And you can kind of work around that to see, hey, what is my bank statement reflecting about who I am as a consumer? Right. Isn't it interesting that we have a, a, a category for coffee? Yeah. Now, I mean, that used to just be like food and beverages. Right, yeah. Right? And, and uh, so many people have spent so much money, you know, at Starbucks or, or fill in scooters, right? Fill in the name of your, your favorite coffee, Pete's Coffee. Um, that it's it's become kind of people look at it and go, oh man, I'm spending twenty five dollars a week on coffee. Oh, easily, right? Yeah, so yeah. just a couple times a day. So. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. So it's I think, gosh, you know, I think the question then begs of us, you know, hey, does my bank statement reflect what I value? And uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it, and we've been talking to a lot of people about it, and so I said, you know, what what are the things that I should be doing as as a spender of money? <laughs> To, right. to really be better at it. And uh, so I kind of came up with three points, sure. if you will. Sure, you bet. This is the graduate student in me. I, I probably <laughs> have a five-point five point essay. You make and, a good pastor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got three points. The first one is you've got to conduct the self-audit. And Mint is a great tool for that. I, in the credit union world, we really love a product called Envelopes, spelled capital M, M as in Mary, V-E-L, OPES. This will be in the in the notes, so you guys will be able to go to it. And they've got a great website, and it, it kind of harkens back to the envelope system mm-hmm. that Grandma and Grandpa used to use. Right. But it's an electronic envelope yeah. system, so you can create electronic envelopes and and kind of do that whole thing with your, you know, with your money on the computer, which is pretty sweet. And they've got they've got some really cool technology out there. It's not free like Mint is, but it's pretty pretty stinking cool. So um, so you can use one of those programs to do to do this self audit. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to good old-fashioned digging in and uh, seeing where the money's going. Sure. There's no way to avoid that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, kind of interesting. Do you um, you recommend, you know, Mint can get a little wieldy at times. Yeah. So many different kinds of options, mm-hmm. so many things that you can do. If you're not currently budgeting uh, and you jump onto Mint, I mean, that can get kind of crazy. Do you recommend – maybe tracking your expenditures just for a month or two and get kind of get that figured out first. And then once you feel, you know, you, you get an idea of how to use the software, then kind of work on the budgeting. Cause I have not had a, I have not been able to build a really successful budget in mint. I know it's got some budgeting yeah. capabilities. Um, the way I want to budget though, it, it doesn't seem like it's very easy in mint. That's very any, true. Any suggestions from things you've learned from other people that are using yeah. along those lines? Mint is a great tracking tool. It's not necessarily a great budgeting tool. 
And uh, and one thing that I that I think too is that you know when when people are about to embark on a budget and maybe have fallen off the wagon for a couple of months, maybe it was the whole summer, maybe it was the whole year. Yeah, or, <laughs> Let's be honest, or two, <laughs> yeah, or three. You know, if you've fallen off, then what I suggest is is jump into your online banking, download your last two most recent statements. So if you're starting out and we're here at the beginning of the month, great time to be thinking about a budget. Go back, get October and September, and then categorize. Line by line, pick pick some major categories. You can grab a you can grab an example from our website. You can grab one from DaveRamsey.com. Um, use their categories categories, excuse me, and uh, and then just kind of see where the money's going uh, for the last two months. And then that's where you can kind of that's kind of all that's pretty much like the self audit here that I'm talking about okay. to give yourself a place a starting point so you can be realistic about the numbers you're you're going to write down for your budget. I mean, I think we all have a tendency to say I'm going to spend fifty bucks this month on dining out. Yeah, let's get real. one. Time. Yeah, <laughs> let's get real. You're done in one time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. So if you've got a more realistic expectation of what you're actually spending, then you can kind of pare things down from there. But do a self audit, you know, by and you know, hey, I'm a huge fan of Microsoft Excel, uh, and pretty much every computer that you go out and buy anymore has got that or Open Office version of it. Um, and and Excel is just a great tool to be able to. It's you know practically free, um, built into the price of your computer, but practically free, right. and uh, it's just a great tool to be able to get organized. And then once you've done that, once you've got organized and done your self-audit, then you can decide where do you want to go. If you're, one of your major values is saving, then how much do you want to allocate towards that? If you're, one of your values is buying technology, how much do you want to uh, allocate towards that? Uh, and so then you can decide where you want to go and then decide if you want to invest in some budgeting software. Uh, like envelopes, like um, you know, Quicken, whatever you know, whatever you're going to go out and purchase, or you know, really devote the time to trying to figure out Mint. To Mint's budgeting system isn't uh, very intuitive, I think, and so you, you, it's a pretty big time commitment. But so once you decide where you want to go, then you can decide, hey, can I just do this in Excel or whatever? Um, and then from there, I think the big thing is you get the budget going, and then you got to determine is this really what I want. And guys, the thing to remember is it is what you want it to be. It's self-report. So many times people say, oh, I hate living in a budget. And I'm like, why? You made it. Right, <laughs> you right, know? Yeah. So you really have to evaluate, is this what I want it to be? You can only have two problems, right? You can only have an income problem or a spending problem. Right. So you're the master of your own destiny on both sides of that equation. If you need uh, more income, you can get another job. You can do all these different cool things um, in terms of you know sell stuff on eBay, garage sales, all kinds of stuff like that. If you need to spend less, well, then you know the answer to that one. Right. But once you establish the budget, you got to go back and track it and say, "Is this what I want it to be?" If not, for God's sake, make some changes. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's it is what you want it to be, and I can't say that uh, enough. So, and then the last one is is reevaluate uh, every couple of months. You know, our values do change. You know, when you're a parent, uh, buying baby stuff and, and supporting your children is is uh, is really important value. But when they grow up and move out, that's probably not a huge priority anymore. So you need to reevaluate what what your values are. And I think a lot of times we get kind of bogged down in thinking that we have to stay the same and we just don't. And so I always say reevaluate and uh, see where you're going from there. Perfect. Andrew, you know, you see a lot of folks come through um, you, through the credit union mm-hmm. talking about budget and stuff. What do, you th- what do you think is the number one error that people make when oh, yeah. going into the budgeting process? What, what 
That's a great yeah. question. And the number, you know, the number one thing where people get hung up, it's, it's actually two things, Jim. It's groceries and dining out. Mm. Uh, so often people, um, it was, they do one of two things with groceries. They either say, well, it's groceries. I have to buy it, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, just not true. <laughs> yeah. And the second thing is, yeah. is they set an unrealistic expectation. They got a family of six and they say, we're only going to spend $400 a month at, at, right. at the grocery store. Right. Uh, well, come on guys, you got a family of six. You're going to spend $400 a week at the grocery yeah. store. Yeah. You yeah. know, milk alone anymore, Tell $3 and 50 cents. It. You it's know, expensive. Like, milk is really gets more expensive than gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're just on realistic about it. And the, the second one is dining out. You know, you people can really nickel and dime themselves uh, with the quick stops, the fast food joints, and those add up quick. Five bucks here, five bucks there. Before you know it, you spent 500 bucks in a month at, at Wendy's, uh, you know, which, uh, right. which what does that reflect about who you are right. and, and your values? And so right. uh, that's the second one. And so for both of those, I suggest using, using the cash system. I say, hey, for dining mm. out and for groceries, just pull the cash out in advance. And that way, you kind of create a physical boundary on how much you're going to spend. Liz and I have been using the cash system for dining out for the last couple of months now. And I tell you what, there's a, we've, we found a lot of freedom in it yeah. because we know exactly how much we've spent. And we're not going to overspend because if there's no more cash, we're not going to go out right. to eat. We're going to eat some leftovers at home. Yeah, we've uh, we have pretty good control over our um, the the you know the grocery budget so to speak, and we solved that problem by opening a separate checking account. Mm. And every two weeks, we move money from the one checking account to the other, and when that's gone, it's gone. Right? Nice. I mean, so it's it's like a virtual cash system, um, and, and that uh, that piece works out really well for us. It's uh, it's a way of kind of separating it, so to speak. The the problem we'd had was. Um, We'd run out, and well, there's still money in the checking account, so we got to have it, right? You right. have that, that, and so you can kind of see that coming. I think uh, I th- we've tried the cash thing for eating out. I, I think uh, what you said earlier makes sense. I think we've tried to live too tightly mm-hmm. in that, and so, like you said, you know, you bu- you budget fifty bucks, and you, and. We'll blow through that in an evening, right? And that's just that's just not realistic. And then you, know? you feel guilty and maybe beat yourself up. Yeah. And what ends up happening when when those emotions come into play? Uh, I feel like kind of like Doctor Phil right now, but basically, <laughs> but basically, what happens is you give up. Right. And uh, I think everybody's uh, you know in in their heart of hearts can can realize that. Um, the thing the thing that I say to help overcome that and something that you know our family has been doing is we have a weekly meeting. Uh, we're uh, Sunday afternoon or Saturday morning around a cup of coffee. We just say, okay, how'd this week go? Do we need to make any adjustments? You know, if, if we, do we want to go out on a special night? You know, Sunday night or we don't, we've used up all the money in the food, in the food budget. Do we want to pull from the entertainment budget to be able to go out to eat tonight? And you kind of make those adjustments on the fly rather than having a, you know, the way Dave Ramsey describes it is a budget where you come down from the mountain on stone tablets yes. mm-hmm. and say, this is the budget, you know, right. this <laughs> is the mighty budget. <laughs> it's flexible. Look way. what we have created. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It sometimes it gets to be too much maintenance too, Yeah, which can be, if you're kind of a crazy, everything has to be in a category kind of, um, I think that's hurt us in the past too, mm. is it's just gotten too complicated, um, or too stressful. And it's kind of hard to pull that or rein that back in. Um, I do miss uh, I do miss the, the the Microsoft Money days. Mm. 
and I had that thing laid out really nicely. And and when they sunsetted money, you could still be using it if you if you wanted to. Microsoft still it's still available out there for download. I think it's even free. You can download so. the sunsetted version. Um, does not automatically bring it, bring in transactions for you anymore. I mean, there's some real problems with it. Um, but uh, you know, I, you know, Quicken does that um, yep. for you as well. But it is, it's, it's, it's a commitment a little bit. It, it takes a little bit of time. Find ways that make it makes it work best for you uh, inside your system. Cash is a great option uh, for mm-hmm. for categories. Uh, you know, we used uh, we ordered an envelope system from uh, Larry Burkett's organization. And I'm I, I, it's, I'm losing the uh, the name of that. Um, doesn't really matter, but he they sold some kind of uh, envelope system, and it was actually envelopes. Yeah, and uh, these kind of uh, wax, and that's not the right thing, but plastic covered envelopes, mm-hmm. right? So they wouldn't tear up, and and the, we get cash. So we've done we've done the whole gamut from everything cash for the most part um, to everything electronic. Uh, I do, Andrew. I want to run this by you because I, I, it's horribly convenient. But we actually put everything on the credit card during the month and then pay that off. Mm-hmm. One of the drawbacks to that, as I've seen, is that I get you get quickly a month behind, right? Oh, because yeah. credit card's not due for thirty days after it closes. It's very, very easy then to just let that right your expenses. You don't think about this, maybe. That your expenses are lagging one month behind. Right. If something were to happen, you lost your job, you you know there was a financial crisis, and the income stopped, the next month that credit card bill is going to come due. And so one of the things uh, that I've been working on is, of course, trying to get that thing paid ahead. So actually paying ahead. ahead. Yeah. On it, or at least making sure I have enough in the savings account to cover it. Yeah. Uh, from from that standpoint, so I just want to caution folks. Some people do that for the airline miles. Some do it for the cash back purposes. I don't think inherently it's a bad system, Mm-mm. as long as you understand um, that one, you're paying in the rears for mm-hmm. it, uh, and then two, that does make it more difficult to track from a budget perspective, right? Because sure. it's all coming in in one big lump. And and it's again it's in the rear, so you're not you, you kind of have to do the system where you go log in with your financial right, and then you track it, and then it, it pays. So it it's a challenge if you're doing yeah. a traditional budget and you're doing it that way. This is what I found, it's a challenge to do it that way. And and I may, I'd be honest with you, I may stop doing that. Yeah, uh, I may move away from that and just go back to the old you know the old checking account where uh, when I spend it. It's gone, right? Right, and I'm not, uh, I'm not necessarily um, having to track that all the time. Yeah, I call I call that system credit card arbitrage, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> any system like that that I have to use a big word to describe yes. uh, scares me a little bit. And there's nothing really against uh, the concept because I think the concept works. Everybody likes free stuff, right? Everybody likes free airline miles, free hotels. Uh, things like that. But the inherent problem is that uh, we as humans lack a little bit of discipline. And so when something comes up, as it always does, uh, we have the tendency to just say, oh, well, I'll get it in a couple of days or I'll get it uh, at the next big bonus. I'll just pay the whole thing off. It'll be no big deal. We spend the money in advance um, and then it comes and some other crisis has come up. And so I'm just not a huge fan of credit cards in general. 
I'm not one to say that you nobody should have one uh, because I carry a credit card. It's especially important for travel in our world. Uh, but but uh, I, I don't like carrying a balance and I don't like using a credit card for daily expenditures. And uh, simply because of what you said, you kind of get in this trap and then it's like, oh gosh, I got to come up with two months to get ahead. And, and you end up, yeah, I don't know, locking yourself in jail. And so I say, hey, keep it simple, you know, and uh, use the envelope system, use a traditional budget system. And if you want to have a credit card that gets some rewards, use do it for major purchases and then pay it off at the end of the month. Um, I, I really, you know, that's how we've been operating for the last five years or so. And I still get plenty of points. I still feel good about my life. Uh, just got yeah. a, just got a vacuum cleaner yeah. not too long ago from, nice. from rewards points. So, yes. yeah. so you know, it, 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 that that's what I would suggest doing. And uh, you know, credit cards in general do nothing good for you, uh, other than maybe some free stuff on occasion. Yeah, so. Andrew, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, Christmas is uh, almost upon us. Um, I think uh, I remember uh, talking about Christmas after it last year when yep. we were talking about budgeting. What kind of advice can you give folks kind of going into the Christmas season? I think what you just talked about, credit cards, it's really easy to give into the pressure of, I don't oh, I don't have any money. It's Christmas. The kids are going to be disappointed. Yeah. What kind well, of well, here's the deal, Jim. I'm actually shocked. It turns out that Christmas is on December 25th again this year. <laughs> I, I, that didn't surprise you. It snuck up on me. I, I, man, I'm just, just shocked by it. But I think that's sometimes how we feel, right, is, oh, my gosh. Christmas is happening again this year. We have to yeah. buy gifts. We have to have family. We have to travel, whatever, whatever. Um, and here's the deal, guys. If you've waited too long to start saving for Christmas and now it's November and you have to go buy gifts, um, do me a favor and go to your local credit union or your local local bank and open a savings account for gift saving for 2012. Uh, do it right now while, we're ta- <laughs> while you're thinking about it so that you can be on top of it for 12. For 11, for 2011, here's what I suggest. Our family this year, we're doing a, uh, a purchased gift-free Christmas, and we're actually really excited about wow. it. We're going to just do family. And, uh, you know, now if we don't have little, little kids in our family anymore. Most of us are uh, adult age or, or high school, so we can, we can kind of get by with a gift-free Christmas. But we're just going to, you know, go, go see a movie on Christmas Day. We're going to have a nice meal. We're going to uh, play board games and just do things as a family, uh, you know, so that we can focus a little bit more on the reason for the season. And so, uh, you know, hey, if you didn't save this year, that's all right. Maybe consider doing something like that rather than pulling out the Amex, pulling out the Visa, and putting it on plastic. You're going to find a lot more satisfaction if you do Christmas inside of your means than if you go out and, and – uh, rack it up on credit cards yeah and you know if your kids are really young i'm just gonna say they don't know that's right right? they they don't the the two-year-old does not know it's christmas Uh, trust me um and you may think they do and maybe they do but uh and maybe they'll be just a little disappointed at christmas morning it kind of goes away yeah and it goes away pretty quick um and i'm not saying don't do anything right Mm -hmm. but uh, but but you're right i mean i think We've gotten Christmas a little out of whack. Sure. And, uh, and so, and I, and I know, I mean, I've been through 20, 23 Christmases with my family, and, and I know the enormous amount of pressure that is on, yeah. uh, on a family to, to go all out and get things. Well, we got to have something for Christmas, and you don't. Yeah. Um, now, I know it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I get that, but, um, you know, it's not worth, in these financial times. Right. It's uh, it's not worth going in debt for for that and and so resist the urge. Uh, my wife and I we've you know it's been a super expensive year for us and it seems like it's been three super expensive years in mm-hmm. a row. Had a couple accidents. Had you know so with some medical bills, 
you know, a couple, you know, seven to $10,000, you know, issues with that. We married one off here in the spring and, and that was an expensive wedding. Um, my wife and I sat down and we kind of said, you know what, I think this is the year that we don't, uh, we don't purchase for each other. You know, let's just agree that we don't, we're not going to do that. And, and that will save us a couple hundred bucks right there. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and probably keep us within the budget. So, um, it can, yes, it can be done. And, you know, I know it feel, you feel guilty on the 24th and the 25th is rough, but the sun rises and sets on the 26th. That's right. And, uh, it's not the end of the world. And if there was ever a time to, to, to take to heart some of these, uh, uh, cost-cutting measures and, and, and some, some of this financial austerity, if you will. If there wasn't ever a time to do that, this is probably the year. There's so many that have nothing right now uh, because of the economy and maybe lost jobs and things like that, that those of us that still have employment and still have things can really, um, you know, really band together and just be thankful for family. Absolutely. And it's a great time to, to remember that. And gosh, I think that's what we're going to do as a family. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, it's amazing uh, that uh, it's not even Thanksgiving yet and Christmas uh, decorations are going up at uh, your favorite department yep, store of yep. choice near you, and so the pressure is on. Uh, but we're here to help. If you have any questions, you'd like to you'd like to ping Andrew with maybe a question. You got a budgeting, you need some help along those lines. Send us an email podcast at theaverageguy.tv. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter at Jay Collison. Andrew, your Twitter account is just Andrew Andrew Hunt. D Hunt. Andrew D Hunt at Andrew D. Hunt on Twitter, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, he'll get right back to you. If you've got a question, you can shoot him a note on Twitter. We've been doing some work on Facebook, and so you can also find us over there on iTunes as well just by searching The Average Guy Podcast. Andrew, thanks for doing this again. we got got maybe a podcast or two uh, in us before Christmas comes up. It's hard to believe that's <laughs> just a couple of weeks. That's not very far away, and, uh, and so we hope um, as folks listen to this, um, they'll have a great, uh, very safe holiday season this will do it for the for number 10 on the financial tech podcast and we'll see you back here next time thanks andrew thanks jim